Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. So Soapa, yeah, all that stuff. That like, was one of the best seasons ever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the season was so funny. I, I love how much we end up talking about South Park. We really talked yeah. about South <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, I'm like, God, it's cultural See, phenomenon, man. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Charlotte native, and I hear mm-hmm. all this stuff coming out. I'm like, and I live in Gaston County now. And, like, that's bullshit. That's not what that's called. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> asked, who asked for this? Like, who, who started this? Right. I hate yeah. that so much. <laughs> and there, there are a lot of good restaurants in Charlotte. We just don't go out. I mean, the original Fabarito was like right down the road from Amos's. Okay. And it was one of those places you could walk to while you wait in line for the concert, and then you could just eat while you're waiting. Yeah, I'm a creature of habit. Anytime I ever went to shows like over on South End, we'd go to Pinky's. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was kind of our spot. You know, it was because coming from here, you just, we would just take freedom. Yeah. Uh, just. Hit pinkies and oh, then yeah. shoot right yeah. up to, on the to way. Amos's or Tremont or whatever. I mean, you yeah. had at the time then you had prices or fat burrito, and it's like, do I want chicken or oh, do I want burritos? Right. Well, you can't for, forget about, and it's actually a big part of our story too, the common market in South End. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, that was <laughs> kind yeah. of our origin story. <laughs> yeah, we we all worked there, but it was like the one with like the courtyard patio. It was across the street oh, from the apple tree. It sounds like we've we found a great place to start. So. Yeah. We're yeah. talking with Matt, Dominic, and Richie of the Phantom Friends. And so start there. You said you were all working at Common Market. Yeah, like legitimately the whole project kind of started because uh, – so I was back of house, and then there's like front of house people. Um, and this guy, TJ, um, we immediately shout him out, I guess, like in the first 10 seconds of this. <laughs> um, but like literally it was just like, hey, Richie, we're, we're doing a show like – can you guys, can you, can you like put a band together and like play uh, in like the patio? And I was like, at uh, the common market? okay, at common market. Yeah, we'd have shows there consistently. And it was like, all right, let's put a band together. <laughs> let's figure this out. And then uh, we also were roommates too at the time at a house that was like a mile away from the old common market south end too. So it was like perfect uh, like proximity to everything. We all lived together. We have all, we've all known each other for a million years and have played music together also for a million years. Um, so I was like, all right, crap, got to put music together. Let's like get into it. And then uh, yeah, kind of jumped I'd, in. <laughs> I'd say specifically everybody working at that common market had some sort of like band or they were yeah. doing visual arts, something like that. And we always used to talk about like, oh, yeah, we've been in bands and nobody ever believed us. So we're like, <laughs> all right, it's time to show you all that we yeah. actually play music legitimately. And that was just like the perfect timing for it because – Unfortunately, so Common Market, as you all probably know, that original South End one closed down. But mm-hmm. since so many people were involved with some sort of music, they decided to do, a, you know, like a big show out in the parking lot. So it was the going away party. And that, yeah, that's when we got started there. Yeah. So you guys were already musicians, but y'all had never really at, jammed together? Or were you jamming together? Like, how? 
You want to take that? Uh, <laughs> we, him and I actually played together in a band in high school. Um, uh, we're actually at the front page of the yearbook. <laughs> yeah. The, if you together, open, yeah, you open it up and in it's... In zebra print pants and cheetah print. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They go further back. Yeah, it was worth it. Well, I knew you around the same time too, Matt. But uh, yeah, we played in a band then and then it kind of rolled out a little bit beyond high school. But then there was kind of like a, a little break in it and... I don't know. We always kind of made music off and on together. And like, even with Matt too, like, I think we would just have late night jams. We used to call it Advil. And, <laughs> and like, band it would be like kind of like weird jazz stuff. Band um, names are not as strong, Steve. You can't tell. <laughs> but yeah, and it, like, so we were all familiar with each other and like all living together at the same time. It was like, it was just really easy, like, to move into the flow of jamming. And I think that first, like, show that we played we put like five songs together in like a couple of weeks yeah for the calm market gig it was literally like a okay we gotta get we gotta like move so, so you were writing songs you weren't just covering or nothing you were writing your own music and you had what a couple weeks to put together a show? something like that yeah it was like very quick but thankfully because we lived together it was we had time and we all had we all worked the same place so we were basically spending like 24 hours <laughs> yeah all together all the time um so like yeah, and I think it's one of those things where like having a deadline can definitely help like propel creativity like out of necessity. Um, so it definitely got there, and now like nowadays um, our whole writing process is completely shifted because now we're like okay we can take our time we can like really break apart what we're trying to go for and it's there's a lot more back and forth but I ultimately have like something that I think we're really proud of uh, now whereas like back then it was like okay like. We got to get this. We got to go to it. We got like we got to do it now, um, kind of thing. So, I don't know. It's been like a long evolution. It's, I well, I I'll, I love your music. You guys, I mean, if I had to put a, a genre on you, I would say indie rock, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you're. We don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it's it sounds good. It's happy. It's I, your music's happy. It's got a great like upbeat vibe. Um, you know, it, it, if you don't know, we're. You know, Fan of Friends will be playing here on November the 4th. They'll be headlining Saturday night show with uh, Council Ring and um, uh, Noir Noir, which that's I've, I've, I had not heard of them until y'all put them on this lineup, so I'm excited to see those guys. That's funny. Noir Noir is TJ. Uh, he's yeah. in that band and Dan. So they're like the other essentially like Calm Market South End band that's still kind of doing stuff. Uh, cool. So they're like, we're all kind of wrapped up in each other's history. Like, 100%. So it's it's cool to be able to like play shows with them. Uh, they also definitely lean into like the progressive rock stuff. Like we're all huge Mars Volta fans and you can definitely hear it in Noir Noir stuff too. Okay. My um, wife loves Mars Volta. Yeah. Nice. The best. Yeah. yeah. She, she, I, I was aware of them and then when Christy and I started dating, <laughs> she's like you know, all in Mars Volta. And so now, like I get it now. At the time, you know, I was, I've, I've always gravi gra uh, yeah, gravitated toward the heavier stuff. You mm -hmm. know, I've always you know, been kind of. I mean, same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're wearing the metal shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, but and, you know, even before I got this place open, you know, I, I still have a pretty broad taste. Um, but yeah, I just I missed on. There's, there was a couple of bands that I missed on, like growing up that I've started to go back, like Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, when Queens of the Stone Age came out, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because that song got played so mm -hmm. much on the radio, it kind of got fatigued on it. But here lately, I find myself putting on 
you know, their albums, you know, I'm like, man, how did, <laughs> I was such a dick in my twenties about music. You know, like, uh, I will yeah. say as great as that song is, no one knows. It's just like, it is a weird bop. So it's like it, at that point in time, when you heard something eerie like that, it's like, it's kind of hard to think like, Oh, do they write like just good rock? You know, it's like, it was kind of hard well, it, to like that, get if you, that. If you that. listen that, to that album, it's it's a very good complete album. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah, top to bottom, you can just yeah. start it and then get all the way to the ends like easily. There's not every track's a banger in its own way. Yeah, there's a uh, first it giveth. Like I've, yeah. I've been like repeating that first song lately. And it's like his <laughs> ghoulish vocal yeah. like, that he does. Oh, so good. It's just, I don't know. It's just here lately. I've been thinking a lot about how, man, if I wasn't such like, if I wasn't such a dick about you know, a snob about music yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I think everyone's been a snob at some point. Though. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. You, you, yeah. Like everyone's guilty of that on some level. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, but, but Phantom Friends, talk to me about the name. Cause that's that's a pretty unique name. Like, how where'd that come from? Gosh, I think we debate on where it where it yeah. came from. So, <laughs> one thing that I some people may not know is that every good band name that you could ever think of is already taken. Yeah, <laughs> you got a point there. It's actually a fun game to like think of a band name, be like, oh, that'd be a good band name, and see how many of those exist on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> So before Spotify, it was Googling it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we used to be called uh, Jistu. Jistu. Yeah. Which um, has its own kind of North Carolina specific lore to it. Um, but it always got misspelled as if it was like jujitsu. Yeah. So we were just so tired of that yeah. situation. And then somebody came up with the Phantom Friends. Yeah. we were. I think we was like... Uh, we went to Shaky Knees, and like, <laughs> it's a really dumb origin story. Like, <laughs> where the phrase came from specifically, and it's kind of debated because it was after a music festival. So we're, you know, we're a little faded. Um, and like, my recollection of it, at least, I, I think other people there have different different versions of the story. But uh, we went to this bar after Shaky Knees in like 2016. I think it was that long ago. Um, and uh, my now fiance at the time, she was uh, my girlfriend then. But she just ordered it. She ordered like a drink at the bar, and the bartender was like, "Oh, I I was gonna post for somebody else, and they didn't show up. It's like you guys are Phantom Friends," um, yeah. and that's like the first time we ever heard the phrase. Hmm. Um, and then at the time, we were like really racking our brains on like what is a replacement for. I was gonna say jitsu for jitsu, <laughs> uh, because like even like our fans and stuff that were like um, coming out the shows, like they would mispronounce it still and stuff, and it's like okay. How are we gonna like get name recognition if nobody can like properly communicate what the name is? So this is like an issue, and like I think we all we still love what Jistu like stood for, but it was just like too hard to communicate. Um, so then uh, we eventually yeah, switched over to Phantom Friends because it was just easier, and I think we all still think it's like extremely cheesy. And we for a while we're looking for another band name to replace it, but we're kind of like. No, I think you're stuck with, with it, it now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of have to to keep the name. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this little ball of salsa got my head right now. Um, Phantom Friends has their own um, sauce. Uh, you can marinate with it. My wife and I use it on tacos mostly. Um, thank you for the second bottle, by the way. So how, how, how did this come about? 
We, I think we were kind of just racking our brains for like merch ideas, and it's like before, we were always sorry, sorry, <laughs> I, but it it's, it makes so much sense that a bunch of guys working uh, in the food industry oh, yeah. <laughs> put together a band and then start creating their own recipes. Right. Like oh, this is just the beginning, right? We're gonna see oh, yeah. a whole section of your sauces in grocery stores. Oh, yeah. But now go ahead, t- tell the story. Uh, so yeah, we were kind of racking our brain to try to figure out different merch ideas, and it's like. You always see people have koozies, they have lighters, and we're like, what can we do that could like stand out a little bit? And uh, it was our drummer, he got really into gardening during 2020, as a lot of people did, they were staying at home. Um, So he started growing habaneros and started putting recipes together, and we all just like kind of dove in on it. And we were like, yeah, let's make some hot sauce. So I think there were a few other different types of hot sauce we made, but (laughs) like this one mostly, it's just got that sweet heat. It's pineapple, peach, habanero. Uh, there's some garlic and cilantro in it as well. But it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's just a very easy over-the-counter. And that's why we chose to brand it with the Catch the Feeling. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I guess I could have also mentioned Catch <laughs> oh, the Feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, which, which but, I mean, have, what kind of success have you seen from that? It is one of the catchiest coolest songs i've heard in a long time like you guys nailed it with that song absolutely nailed it and have has have you seen any kind of like success with like streaming or anything like that with that song uh yeah i mean i can take i'm like i'm looking at i work i work in digital marketing so i'm already looking at like analytics all day so like every day i also go into our like spotify and itunes data um and that one like consistently just like gets playlisted by like random people on Spotify and they like they'll put it on their playlist and other people find it and go on and it's like it's just cool to see like hey we got like five plays in like Luxembourg on <laughs> catch the feeling there's like someone like halfway around the world right now like bopping to this song um it's one of those things like how do we <laughs> recreate like capturing like lightning in a bottle almost like that song just kind of came together I feel like yeah I was um, I was gonna <laughs> ask like is there you know not to get too deep in the weeds but like how How'd that melody come along? Like, how did that song come together? I'd say, so, I got that synth that's used on the recording, mm-hmm. um, which is a poly D, which, it's like a Moog, like, offshoot. Okay. So, really, just playing around with that. As far as the chord progression goes... You can do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah come on. I don't know. So, I know... I think you came up with it. And then I copied it on guitar. Yeah, like somewhere, how it started. somewhere <laughs> on my computer, there's the original song, you know, idea before we actually kind of broke it down as a band. Um, but yeah, really just started with playing around with that synth and then taking some chord ideas, bringing it to the band. Remember, the harmony between the guitar and the synth was really inspired by like a Tears for Fears kind of thing. Um, really, like if you listen to Everybody Wants to Rule the World, mm-hmm. you can hear so many layers of mm-hmm. um, guitar, synth, things like that. So yeah. I think oh, that's, that's partially <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Every time it pops on, it ends up being stuck in my head for a couple of days. Like, you can't <laughs> get good. rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Which for you guys, does it borderline, does it get borderline annoying? Like... <laughs> It, not not just yet. Yeah, not yet. Thankfully, we've been playing it. And it's we, still we still get excited to play it. Yeah, it's, it's still fun to play. Yeah. Um, and I think the lyrics like that came from a place of <clears throat> I was working at a job that was very much like a call center mm. job. So mm. just 
very intense <laughs> call after call um, in the insurance business. So that was what I was doing as my, my day job. So yeah. those lyrics are basically about taking the initiative to do what you want to do. And I think it's pretty widely applicable to, you know, anything. Just kind of going after your dreams as opposed to doing the dead end job thing. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can certainly relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Start maniacally laughing at myself right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes courage. It takes courage. You know, you guys, you guys are all still working, right? Like full time jobs, and you're doing. How often are you gigging? Like, how, how much of yourself are you still pouring into the music? Oh, it's we. So <laughs> right now we're working on trying to write uh, a completely new kind of concept album. So we we practice twice a week, like regardless of anything going on. Um, and then we've been gigging the last like six months or so. Um, like one, just because we want to like try out some of these new tracks and see how the audience reaction is. Um, and then two to help get uh, you know money in the band bank account so we can fund the recording process for this new album. Um, so like we'll, our priority right now like hasn't been gigging, but it's been happening because <laughs> we also just love playing music. And it's like that's right, we do this because it's really fun, and it's like it's really it's easy to get stuck in the trap of the practice space and writing, and then like kind of being in a vacuum and a bubble for so long. So like playing in front of an, a live audience is a good uh, kind of gut check on like all right, are we doing stuff right? Um, so it's it's I don't know what would you guys do. We, we don't have like a, a dedicated set of like we want to play this many shows, but we'll play shows that we think are worth like playing right now that uh, aren't going to distract us too much from the songwriting process. But like not the rooster, um, <laughs> like we we played here uh, was it like a year ago now or something it like was, that. I want to say it was November of last year. Yeah, it was, it was, it was early. You guys were one <laughs> of the first bands to like reach out like mm -hmm. once, as we were leading up to. You know, I, before, like the, the the four years it took me to get this place open. During that time, I was just, I was promoting what we were doing, and I had the website up, but I was kind of quietly going to shows and introducing myself to to bands and stuff, you know, bands that I liked, and I was compiling this spreadsheet of uh, different bands with all their contact information. And before I opened, I already had like a couple hundred bands, you know on that spreadsheet. And then once we started getting the word out, you know, emails would start to come in and stuff. And uh, I went and, at, when we first opened, I had the time to listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. Every, you know. Now, oh boy, <laughs> I get so many emails now that what the first thing I do is I'll click the link <clears throat> to like the, the websites and the social medias. Yeah. And um, I kind of prioritize bands that are really active and have you know have a decent following, you know I'm looking for bands that will bring people in, mm -hmm, right. and then when I find a headliner, I'll kind of work from there and like, well, who else on this list is similar that this could be an opportunity for, right? Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times it's like the younger bands can come in and open shows, um, but with you guys, you know, it, it was, it was, was it 
I think it was uh, Richie I talked to first, right? It's, it's one of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. both in the band account uh, yeah. and on the emails. So okay. it's, yeah, cause, yeah. But, but y'all were really responsive. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you guys are professionals. Like, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. You guys, you know, you're, taking, <laughs> you're taking it seriously. You're doing all the right things. It is frustrating when, like, you'll, like, like, there's a couple, I mean, I'm not going to name any names. There's a couple of shows I'm working on right now for a few months out where, you know, it's taking days, if not weeks, to get responses on stuff. I'm like, for me, I'm like, is this uh, is this is this what it's gonna be like? like yeah, right. <laughs> I can totally vouch for this because I don't respond to them, but I see them when they come in. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just one, a one word answer. No, I need an answer. I need to know this. One word answer. But yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to basically just say like we definitely were excited to play here again. Yeah. Um, because we had such a good time last time we played here. Um, yeah, you it was guys, a fun show. You're, you're telling us like you know we're professionals, but like you guys are like absolutely professionals, and um, you've played at other venues like outside of Charlotte and just like around where um, you know like vibes have been really bad and like sound like wasn't great. And in here, it was like you guys are so like friendly and courteous, and you like you always like care to like meet us on a personal level and not just a quick like meh, meh, like all right bye it's like you guys like hung out with that like, we all hung out and like we're friends yeah it's um, it's important to me that we build relationships with artists oh yeah you know like i i you know i i'm starting to understand why some venue owners are cold mm -hmm. you know it's this business is fucking hard like it's, it's yeah. you know it's you know when when we put like when i book a show where i'm like man this is gonna be a great show and, and then it'll be a great show but then nobody shows up and then like you know as the owner i mean i could be bitter about that you know i could be walk around all pissed off but i don't see how that helps doesn't doesn't really help the situation I, yeah yeah and and it's just like with this show we had established relationship you know when we originally booked this date the lineup was a little bit different and then when the lineup changed I mean, you guys were just fucking on it, and I and I knew I could trust putting the show in your hands, just from having built some, you know, having taken the time to build a relationship, and and that's again, that's important. I don't think a business like this can succeed without being building good relationships right, yeah. with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see how, unless you're just buying nationals. And, you know, who's got money for that? Yeah. True. <laughs> I don't know. I hear some of the things that fans go through at other venues, and I'm like, how do they? How do they build a rapport? And it just, I don't know. It's just confusing to me. I'm like, how did they run? How? <laughs> just how? Uh, I've made a joke recently. We've done a couple of DIY gigs, because a lot of times in Charlotte, it's like, in order to make music happen in a few places, it's like, there's no stage. There's no PA. Like, you literally have to put the whole Gosh. show together. Mm -hmm. And, like, as we're setting up, I just kind of chuckle when I say to him, I was like, you know, in some dialects, DIY spells die. It's a lot. Like, having to, like, basically do, like, a pop-up gig from scratch. You set up everything. Like, yeah. we don't have a road crew or anything. It's, it's just us, you know. The worst so. part of playing music is the <laughs> before and after the shows and having to set up and break down. Absolutely. Uh, but again, I wanted to, the last thing I wanted to shout out about Rooster is the, y'all's like stage, your sound, the, uh, is like, what, it's, it's one of my favorite stages that I've, I've definitely ever played on easily. Um, Thank you for it's, that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you guys like crush it with the onstage um, audio levels and everything, make sure everyone can hear everything properly. 
Um, and again, the stage is like massive, so you're not you're not like you know packed into one spot. <laughs> like I think we all like to move around a lot while we're playing, so having that freedom to be able to, be able yeah. to do that, um, I think it encourages like a better performance because you don't you you can you it's easier to express yourself. Um, on your stage, basically. Is what I appreciate saying. that, and, and and that was intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, for those that have, you know, like, you know, that, some people have complained like we don't have enough food, and it's like, <clears throat> I had a decision to make: do I want to invest in a commercial kitchen, <clears throat> or do I want to invest in making the, the shows better? And that's that's why that's why we have a very small food menus because, you know, I'm not really trying to serve dinner; I'm trying to have entertainment trying to entertain yeah. people and capture you know, people's attention and keep them here hanging out you know we've added some games and stuff for other stuff to do but it was just it was so super important for me what you just said that's why i did that i wanted the artist to be like this is the place to play. this is it yeah. i had a conversation with somebody um last night they're like you know y'all should serve more food and i said while you're up there performing, do you really want somebody stuffing their face or do you want them up at the front of the stage? And they were like, oh, valid point. <laughs> if I've seen I'll someone crush, go. yeah, like 40 buffalo wings in the back, I'm like, I mean, I'm jealous. It's cool. Like, but, yeah. like, dude, I saw you sit there and go, and you came up, yeah. did you wash your hands? You know, right. That, oh. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a million different ways to do this. You know, working with promoters, working directly with bands. All, you know, there's there's so many variables to to, to doing what we do, and um, I it's just I wholeheartedly believe that like we can all do better by working together, and and that's why that's why like I'm I'm grateful that there are other venues, even if you know the experiences might not be as great for 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 performers. There's still places to play, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, I, I don't know how far out you guys go. Have you ever had a chance to get down to, like, New Brooklyn, uh, down in uh, Columbia? Or, <sighs> Not yet. Uh, Art that's, Bar? That's the plan for uh, next year. Basically, like, right now we're really just trying to focus on new music, record it as well as possible, promote it as well as possible, um, and then try to hit, like, a regional, uh, like, Southeast regional kind of tour situation. Yeah, I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see you guys go hit, you know, Columbia, Greenville, you know, Charleston, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wilmington. You know, Charleston the, might really, y'all might really go over. Well yeah, y'all, y'all should definitely so. hit the beach in the summertime, man. There, there's oh, yeah. there's some money to be made down there. I know Dom's been getting over to Charleston uh, with uh, his other group that he plays with. But, yeah, you've been talking up kind yeah. of the, the scene that's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely uh, has a unique scene. The music scene is really nice, and like I'll, I'll just say about Charleston in general, it's like most people, it's like vacation vibes. So it's like everybody is much more appreciative of everything. It's like you you go to the store, you get an apple, and it's like this is the best apple ever. <laughs> it's like of course it is. You're at the beach. Yeah. You know? like, you're not working today. Like it, there's definitely a vibe like that. But um, you know, like in in certain areas, just you get more of like that influx of people that. They're just they just walk in and they're really surprised and like they're happy to see like a different group and just really excited and yeah. I think that you know you can find that uh, going all up and down the coast but like different cities everywhere I think we found that when we played in Gastonia here last time it's like we've played for so many people on a regular basis in Charlotte but we had like an all new audience here and it's like people hadn't experienced that before so it's like trying to find those little pockets you know and just just play as much as possible. 
Now, do you guys, do y'all get out um, often to see other bands in the scene? Like, do you have bands that you like to go support and, you know, go to shows? You want to shout out anybody that's, that's doing really well right now that maybe is not on my radar? Uh, well, we we just played at Petra's in Plaza Midwood in Charlotte, and it was a great show. It was a sold-out show. Uh, we played with a new band called Cassetticate. Um they were very, very good. But, Super good. Uh, yeah. 10 out of 10. It was actually our original drummer, or yeah. second drummer for Phantom Friends. Uh, and then, like, it was his new band. It was it was very nice. And then we played with another group called Mom Rock that night. Mom um, Rock? Yeah, yeah. They popped up on my Instagram. Really? Mom Rock was, was great. Maybe that's really because good. I'm a mom. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, also, like, Family Video. I think we have a really good time at their shows. They're, they're really good. And they're... Synth player just like made a giant crazy like LED synth that he like wears and plays. It looks um, like a guitar, but it's a little bit. It's more original. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Definitely love them. There was a lot of other bands probably. Noir Noir. Also, yeah. Yeah. They've been killing it, and they have just like a very classic, almost Charlotte sound to them. This kind of like post hardcore sound. But just the musicality and the stage presence is amazing. In addition to who y'all mentioned. Yeah, which we'll be, so we'll be playing with them uh, here at the Rooster in <laughs> a very short amount of time, a week yeah. and a half or so, two weeks. I think that's interesting you said a, like a classic Charlotte sound. Yeah. I've you, never heard that. Sorry, I've never heard that. That's, that's interesting. I think of, so Tremont used to be yeah. like my go-to spot. Right. And... The, the sound of the bands that you would hear at Tremont on any given night uh, is, is pretty... Yeah. I don't know. Can y'all add anything yeah. to that? What, what am no, I trying I mean, to I say? Agree. There's like a certain... It's, interesting. it's hard to put into words, but there's definitely a certain like sound and style, um, whether it was like conscious or unconscious, that a lot of bands uh, shared in a certain way. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, to me, like my version of it that, that I would put into words is probably like... It's kind of like a post-hardcore influence on some level, um, but I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to put into words. But you can definitely you can hear it with, uh, especially if you listen to um, like bands like the light the lights fluorescent from like the early two thousand yeah. era um, of like the Charlotte music scene, um, like Mickey Biscuit, like those those yeah. old bands. There was definitely like a commonality of like some dangerous element to the music <laughs> on some I level. Just, I just like hearing that that description that that, that Charlotte sound. That's cool. I would love to hear. I think, it. I think a lot of it comes from like, <laughs> I I know it's all changed now, but like ninety three point three, the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Charlotte, like you can barely get it, so like the station's like in and out. You so can. I'm oh. sure everybody experienced that. Oh yeah, point. yeah. You had so to. You like, had to be in the west side of Charlotte, and yeah. it had to point towards South Carolina. To get that radio station uh, in yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like the best stations that you like had right? to try. Yeah. You had to. So there was like a little bit of rock going on, but then it was like the stereo fuzz. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, I think it I think it got to everybody in Charlotte at some point. Malcolm Gladwell's gonna write about it, don't worry. About it. <laughs> um, well, it's very like melodic guitars for one thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of it is the orchestration. Usually you have multiple guitars. Usually there's some like at the drive-in influence, which is like Omar Rodriguez who has the very saw them back to Mars Volta uh, again. Saw yeah. them at uh, AfterShock uh, a few years back. They, you know, my wife was 
big fans of theirs, and that was it was an interesting show. I I'd, nice. I'd never seen them live before. It was kind of cool. So. Yeah, that's that that would be a dream show. Yeah, got to see them at Shaking Knees. Um, I think it was the same Shaking Knees we actually Phantom Friends or originated from. I think it was the same. It was like maybe that same day. Uh, we saw that at the Driver Reunion show. Um, I never thought of it like that in the timeline. Yeah, but, but that's what I think of when I think <laughs> of. I guess if yeah. we have like a regional sound. It's it's usually a lot of focus on. Effects on the guitars, usually two guitar players, something a little mm-hmm. bit heavier, but all around heavier rock with really nice melodic elements, and then everybody kind of has their own take on it from there. That's a good way to put it. Uh, do have to shout out to Council Ring. They'll be on the show on the 4th as well, but they're actually across the hall from us at our rehearsal space. We play in a place called The Playroom. Oh, um, Scars is yeah. uh, Scars Remains got a spot there. Oh really? They were here last night. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a cool spot. I've been down there. We mm-hmm. went there to do a, a podcast with mm-hmm. them in their practice space, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool seeing all the shit on the wall in there and yeah, all yeah. The different <laughs> artists that have recorded there and stuff. It's it's pretty that's pretty, cool. pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's nice having a, a dedicated space and it. It's a very like secure location, yeah. also. So yeah, yeah it's comfortable little... having our equipment there, you know, full time. It's also like kind of inspirational to like. I mean, every time we've been practicing there for like years now, but it's still cool to like know like all these other artists have been through this place to record or practice or write music, and like we're in the same building working on our own music where. Um, like Usher played and mm-hmm. like Three Doors Down did stuff and like you know there's like a countless ro- like rotation of huge acts that have come through that place and it's I know it's like humbling and inspiring I think uh, on like Ring, a weekly basis still to go in there. <laughs> Council Ring is um, they, there's I don't know if he wants his business out there. There's a guy in a band that played here that owns a venue in Charlotte and you might know who I'm talking about. But uh, he was when he was here last. His band was here last month, and he was like, "You need to get Council Ring in here." And I was like, "Well, funny you say that. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be here in a few weeks." And he was ad- I mean, another venue owner who's also a musician was advocating to get them in a venue. So I'm pretty stoked awesome. about seeing that. Yeah, this show's gonna be really good. I'm, I think we're all very yeah. very excited for yeah. the whole the whole lineup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're also gonna be busting out some new songs while we're here too so we're excited to to show y'all what we've been working on because it's i don't know it's it's changed a good amount yeah like we still have some of like catch the feeling yeah (laughs) songs like that are still going to be in the set list but we've really been diving deeper into like prog rock more synthesizer work and really just pulling more from the inspirations that we like like the mars volta for instance uh Rush for me is like one of my favorite oh, groups. I, yeah, my uh, one of my uncles was is a drummer, and growing up, it, it, he was the biggest Rush fan I've ever met in my life. Like he's, I mean, he, when he was when I was a little kid, he had his room was all Rush posters, and then my one of my other uncles played guitar, and he was a super Kiss fan. So he had all the Kiss shows. So like, Russian Kiss, right? <laughs> wow. so like the most influential yeah. rock and roll bands of their time. Very, very different. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. different. But it's, I don't, I don't know. I think it helped kind of lay the foundation for my. Because I, I, one of the things that I get annoyed with, like the, the the boomer generation, when you get into these conversations about music, is how like 
hardcore they are about this is the right thing. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's what you like. That's what you like. That's what you like. And that's cool. Like, you don't have to shit on somebody doing something different. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but the, thing, the thing about Rush is I don't think a lot of people understand just how influential that band was. Those are three of the most talented human beings on the planet at, at what they do. And, and to have come together and they, so many albums, so much music. I got a chance to see them live a couple times uh, you know, before. Yeah, oh man, dude. The second time I saw them was a little, I was kind of peeved because they had just put out an album. This must've been 2013, 14 ish. They, they put out an album and, uh, they decided to like the whole first hour of their show was going to be the new album. Yeah, I, like, I, I saw them around you, that same said, time. So I think it was the I think it was the Greensboro show that I went to mm-hmm. to see them, and I was like, "Y'all are kind of being assholes right now." <laughs> like, like, nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows what you're doing, but I still love them, man. Because so, they they really did lay foundation for so much progressive rock. Yeah, yeah, and, and just that level of synth work that is really satisfying and not like super cheesy yeah because there's definitely some, some i mean cheesy i don't know <laughs> well i don't know if you noticed or not but there's a rush quote on the front of our stage no I didn't. yeah yeah so it's uh, from spirit of the radio uh, for the words of the prophets were written on the studio wall oh yeah which yeah. that line that. itself yeah. <laughs> was a tip of the cap to um simon and garfunkel's you know song you know the roots of the uh, words of the prophets. Sounds of silence. Yeah, yeah, sound of silence. <laughs> yeah, I can't fucking talk. Yeah, but uh, but no, but but I mean, it's it's kind of super meta. But that's why I wanted it. I wanted that quote somewhere in here because that quote really, like, I was a kid. You know, first time I heard that stuff, and at the time it was just a cool little little bridge in the song, right? You know. But then as, as I got older and got to know more and learned the origin of the line and all that stuff, it's just always stuck with me. And, and the way that Rush wrote it was they, they spelled prophets with the F, because right? it was kind of uh, a, you know, what they were saying is they were talking about the commercialization of mm-hmm. art and like you know, taking all the, 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 the soul out of art. And that's kind of, I don't know, it's just that, that line always stuck with me. I always wanted it somewhere. And, and I didn't expect it to be on the front of the stage, but it just when I got to talking with the Charlotte Street Art Collab, and they, they were asking about what were you going to do in the front of the stage. I was like, well, I hadn't really thought about it. And so we just kept talking, and that's it. And then we, we landed on that, and I was like, well, this yeah. is the perfect place to put yeah. it. Yeah, perfect. Spot. And I've had several people have come to me and be like, you know you misspelled prophets. <laughs> like, you missed the <laughs> <you> know? <laughs> uh, as a As a bass player, I do have to say Rush is kind of loosely responsible for something else that I get all the time. I don't know if anybody else here plays bass, but anytime somebody asks me, they're like, oh, what do you play? I say, bass. And they're like, oh, slap it a bass, man. <laughs> and I don't know who to blame more, Rush or Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul Rudd. It's probably yeah. Paul Rudd, but really, I mean, I hear it all the time. And That's I, such a good quote. It's though. probably like almost every time I play. Like somebody, somebody says it. It's like it's like the new free bird for. I was gonna say, is it like the free bird for bass players? Yeah, yeah, it always comes up. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's good. I love love you, man. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's the name of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love you too. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can catch him slapping the bass here on Saturday, November fourth. Yeah. Here at the slapping the bass, man. So you, you're you're bringing up earlier like kind of the idea of like gatekeeping music taste, yeah. yeah. Um, and certain people, you know, will do that, and it's kind of like a negative 
uh, viewpoint um, to have. And I think that's something that uh, we like actively work on is continuing. To, like, so part of a thing, and Dom started, Dom started this and we do it every week. Um, but before practice, we have like one person put, a, to put together an agenda, one person figures out a stretch for us all to do, one person figures out a warm up, and one person sends two songs they want the whole band to listen to. Um, and that happens before every practice, so twice a week. We get like four total songs. Um, and it's, it's awesome because we like help kind of push each other's boundaries because we all listen to like very different stuff. Like we have our Venn diagram of overlap of, yeah, we all love this stuff, but like I made them listen to like <laughs> uh, German hard style techno on the way down here. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. So we all, we all have our own taste. <laughs> Was it an electric cowboy? Oh my God, we just saw them. Honest, I just saw them in New York City and then I watched like a video from their tour manager um, and he said that like they all had like their their in ears in before the shows, and they were all going like this. And their manager was like, "What are you guys doing?" And they were like, "Do you have your ears in?" He was like, "No." And he puts them on, and they're all listening to German hard style for like thirty <laughs> minutes before the show starts, which definitely tracks. Um, but yeah, I think we all kind of continue to push each other's like musical taste yeah. um, to an extent because there's something to appreciate out of like any music. Um, if somebody's like creating something for like an emotional output, there's like something to get out of that. Um, so, um, even think, if it's silly, like, even so, silly, like, yeah, it's so, a call boy. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah. they're silly, but they're yeah, fun. And yeah, they're like, it's nonsense, so but it's so much fun. And you it's can't, so much fun. you can't not dance when you're, when you're listening, like you, yeah. you can't stop moving. It's, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's toxic to get into the, the headspace of like, well, I have my two bands and that's all I'm going to listen to because they're the best bands in the world. And it's, you're going to miss out potentially on a lot of other cool stuff that um, you might like more, like you don't know, but it's, I think it's healthy and important to keep I mean, you an open mind that, that kind of that, stuff. I feel like that mindset applies to just about everything in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, even food, even. Like, oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's like the kid that won't eat nothing but hot dogs and mac and cheese yeah. and chicken nuggets. It's like, try this, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know grownups that eat like that. Yeah. Yes. That, I, don't think, I think that that's just sad. If you eat like that, I still love you. <laughs> Broaden your horizons. I mean, I, I, yeah, I might yes. not like it, but I'm gonna try it. You know, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I brought stuff in here that you tried. We go, what is that? I'm like, here, I brought you one. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know. Yeah, I have an inquiry in mind. I want. Yeah. I'm, yeah. you know, basically what I'm saying is I'm nosy as fuck, and I want to know. Yeah. I want to know <laughs> what that sounds like. I want to know what this tastes like. But I do, I do believe that you should that you should apply that mindset to. To not just art, to, to everything, yeah, and, really, like, yeah. and give stuff a try, because yeah, you, know, you never know. You, you, I, I've learned so much by having an open mind, and I wasn't always that way. You know, when I was younger, you know, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, guys. Like that's, you know, you, there's no open mind in that, yeah. in that, in that, um, mm -hmm. yeah, in that place. So as I got older and started to to like meet new people that were different that didn't get it. You know, it's, it's the middle school thing we talked about yeah, this with like in middle school. It's like, that's when everything kind of opens up, yeah. you know, the, the body's changing all that. And you're meeting all these kids from different neighborhoods because your elementary school was all the kids in your neighborhood. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you start to get to know people. And it's like, man, this like, there's all these different things. Like, and then I just, I got on this you know, thirst for knowledge kind of kick and wanted to know it all. And uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I, it apply. It shows in like the way we book shows here. The, mm -hmm. the, the, if you look at my Spotify, you know, history, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it, man. I love it because different things can make you feel different ways. You know, there's different. 
you know, there's times where I just I want. There's times where I want to just rock out with some heavy metal. And there's times where I want to chill. And then, and if you just if you're only going to listen to these handful of bands, how do you like? That's not expressing all the emotions. Why are you listening? Yeah. You know, right. so why are you listening? Uh, I mean, I emotions. personally think whenever anybody shares music, it's like it's a very important thing to do. Like friends that share music are some of the best friends that you can have. Oh, it's gosh. just like, hey, I thought you would really like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, it's it's almost like out. an intimate thing. Yeah. You know, when you share when you share an album or a song with somebody, it's like, yeah. hey, I, I want to. You you're literally sharing something like, hey, you know, check this out. And uh, nine times out of ten, you'll you know, I don't tell people to listen to something that I know they're not going to like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but that's me. <laughs> my husband always he he my husband collects um vinyl and he has his set stuff he likes but he also ventures out but then i'm over there going hmm, what is this yeah he's like what do you have and there, there's one i'm still trying to chase down it is the kentucky it's the colonel sanders kentucky fried chicken album Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> it's like a Pearl KFC picnic album. A so picnic album? Spicy and yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And the thing is, is I saw it one time. I didn't get it. Uh, but the price on it has gone up. And so it's harder course. to find. Uh, yeah. But he's Just like, like KFC. They were like, yeah. he's like, no, my, he goes, my collection is you, you can bet on it. But my wife's collection He's like, it's just a whole bunch of random shit. <laughs> that she's like, oh, this looks cool. I think I'm going to take it home and listen to it. And I've got, I've got polka. I've got salsa. I've got everything. Because I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I'm going to take this. I like this one. That is one thing that I miss um, is really just going to a record store. Because I don't, I don't collect yeah. any vinyl currently. But I always used to love Dom and I, actually. We used to just kind of... You know, take a look at the covers and really just branch out and just be like, "This looks interesting." Dude, in, when in the '90s, like that was that was how I hung out was going to record stores and like you know, I would buy an album just based on the covers. From yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like this looks cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then you would get one of those those albums that you could listen to from the beginning to end, and nobody knew who they were, but you just happened to pick them up because. Mm-hmm. Hey, that album looked cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, just as, like, a coming into music story, it's, like, for me, I used to go to this place called Cash Converters in Illinois, and, like, they had this section that was all used CDs, and I would just go in and I would buy things based off of the cover, and I'd just be like, I've never heard of this before. And I got just so many life-changing albums just from, like, you know, I was, I was a teenager at the time, and I was just like, this looks cool. Uh, Pablo Honey, for instance, is one that I grabbed oh. then, and I was just—I had no idea what it was really. I was like, "Let's go for this," and blew my mind. Yeah, it, like, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Radiohead fan now, still, but I—I I just gave it a chance that day. Would I have found out about them later, potentially? But like, just being able to open up and give it a chance, and actually checking out the whole CD too, mm-hmm. or the whole album also, because yeah. it's really easy to judge a band by you know like the first 30 seconds of their most popular song and like pablo honey for instance what what's that song at the end of pablo honey that's just like completely different from the rest of them well uh, you're talking blowout yeah Yeah. blowout so well it's like this amazing song on that album and you would 
never know that knew that existed if you didn't actually like take the time to kind of dig into that remember, album. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember putting on CDs and like how many bands put like a hidden song? Yeah, like how do you do that in today's climate? We were like, we can't. Like we were joking, like maybe we can hit up Spotify and be like, okay. If you if somebody listens to every single track in order, then you can give them this extra track. Like and only plays if you've listened to every other song in order. Yeah. Like is that a, is that possible on some level? Because like it's so fun to find the hit. Like you put on like um, like smash. You like leave that you leave that album on in your car and you forget about it. And then like there's three minutes of silence and then it's like the boom 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 thing like out of nowhere like what? And you look down and it's like eight and a half minutes into the last track. <laughs> right. It's just hidden in there. Um. Big Villainous has a hidden one on his CD, but I don't think it's on his Spotify stuff. So I don't think he just left it on the CD. And if you like it, you buy the CD and then you can. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. We're starting to get into like nostalgia brain. I know, right? right. (laughs) Conversations going. Yeah. We just. <laughs> shit was just so much cooler. I don't know, man. I, I, no, it's, it's, it's his jacket. That's really oh, yeah. We're, we're that's really leaning is. into the vintage concepts. No, I think somebody in my family had that jacket. Oh, my God. They had, really good, they had a really good sense of style. Then. <laughs> kind of, kind of uh, reminds me of like Saved by the Bell. Like, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not early 1991. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like lucky. I went to, we were we were in New York City to see Electric Callboy. Um, we were there for a couple of days, and we just like walked by this. <laughs> we didn't even know what it was. It was just like a random building that had a bunch of like creepy baby doll heads in the window, um, and it was Let's up these stairs. <laughs> it's like yeah, all right, we gotta check that out. <laughs> and then like New York. It, it's this place called I think it's Search and Destroy or Seek and Destroy. It's one of those two, but it's like a horror vintage thrift shop with like crazy stuff everywhere, like. Just pictures of like dead bodies and like dildos and stuff like all over the place. But then it has like legitimately the coolest vintage clothing you've ever seen. And then I, I like literally just walked by and I was like, oh man, I'm, I have to, I have this. to buy this. <laughs> I, I cannot walk out of here without this jacket right now. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I want to say one more time that uh, if you come here on Saturday, November 11th to see the Phantom Friends with Nora Noir and Council Ring, you can buy a bottle of Catch the Filling sauce by phantom friends i can attest it is delicious i said you you i put it we used it for tacos but you can use it to marinate um you can even dip some chips in it it's delicious um appreciate that guys and then um what else i mean what what do you want to tell everybody where where to find you where to look you know where else might you be playing i said you got a new album that's going to be coming hopefully when that's ready don't hesitate to call me or hit me and be like hey the album's ready let's let's throw a party (coughs) I'd be happy yeah. to do that for you. That'd be great. If wow. we're still here. You want to take it? <laughs> so you can definitely find our music on all the major streaming platforms. We don't have a release date yet for this new album, but really we're going to be doing studio time towards the end of this year and hopefully going to have something ready to release just real soon on that. Yeah, I would say if you uh, if you are listening to this and you're interested, definitely like hit with, hit us with the follows on Instagram and Spotify and iTunes because that so really helps the us Phantom out. Phantom Friends. Yeah, so the Phantom Friends. Um, unfortunately, Phantom Friends is taken and they don't want to give up the name, so <laughs> uh, it's the Phantom Friends. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, check us out. Um, we're also very excited for this new material that we're going to be um, yeah showing off in a couple of weeks here. But um, like, quick long story short is we're working on a multi-part concept album. Um, it's like narrative driven about a guy called Jericho who like grows up in the future and 
goes through a bunch of stuff and every song is kind of dedicated to a moment in his, in his life and his journey. Um, so uh, completely new kind of like concept for us to, to push on and to Matt, like what Matt was saying earlier, it's geared much more towards the progressive rock side of things with more synths, more harmonies, um, more like tasteful guitar solos, uh, that sort of thing. So we're, we're very excited for it. So the plan is, I think, to try to record this winter and then start hitting a tour beginning of next year when it starts getting warm out. Rock and roll. Thank you so much for doing this, fellas. Yeah, really thanks for having us. It. Oh, my God. Yeah, come check them out Saturday the 4th, November 4th. This is going to be a fun show, y'all. We'll see you later. Peace and love. Oh, thanks, guys. Bye.